Good morning. Good morning. One quick announcement. I'm going to remind you of this at the end of service. Please wait before you back into somebody else as as we finish service, okay? Uh, I know you're super excited to go spread the gospel uh, following uh, pastor's messages, but please wait before you back up into someone else or whip a quick cookie or Yui or whatever it is that you're trying to do. So uh, the ushers will help you uh, in an orderly fashion be dismissed. Having said that, are you ready to worship? Where would I be without your love? Where would I be without your mercy? Where would I be without Jesus? Let me sing about your love. Once was lost, but your love found me. Once was broken, but your love is healed. I was dead in my sin, but now I live again. And it's all because of your love. It's your love that came and it saved me. It's your love that rescued my soul. It's your love that came and forgave me. Let me sing about your love. Where would I be? Where would I be without your love? Without your love, where would I be? Where would I be without your mercy? Your mercy, where would I be without Jesus? Let me sing about your love. Nothing sweeter, nothing sweeter, sweeter than your love. Nothing stronger, stronger than love. Nothing greater, more powerful than I can compare. Let me sing about your love. Was your love that came and it saved me? And there's no broken body you can't raise, no soul that you can't save. All things are possible. The darkest night, you can light it up. You can light it up. God of revival. Darkest night, you can light it up. You can light it up. God of revival. 
there's no prison and there's no prison wall that you can break through no mountain you can move all things are possible and there's no broken body you can't raise no soul that you can't save all things are possible the darkest night you can light it up you can light it up God of revival let hope arise but death is overcome and you've already won God of revival to stir my soul Holy Spirit stir my soul won't you stir my soul Holy Come awaken your people, come awaken your city, God of revival, pour it out, pour it out, every stronghold will crumble, hear the chains hit the ground, God of revival, pour it out, pour it out and stir. Won't you stir my soul, Holy Spirit, stir my soul. Come awaken, come awaken your people, come awaken our city, God of revival, pour it out, pour it out. Every stronghold will crumble Hear the chains hit the ground Oh God of revival Pour it out Pour it out night you can light it up yes you can light it up God of revival so let hope arise death is overcome and you've already won God of revival Stir my soul, stir my soul, Holy Spirit, stir my soul. Father, this morning we do make a declaration that you are a God of revival, a God of revival over our nation our state, our cities, in the name of Jesus. And Father, we're expecting that spirit of revival to be poured upon the church in the days ahead. You are God of signs, wonders, and miracles. And so we declare and decree that today. We believe it. And we thank you for it, Father, in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said... Amen, amen, amen. What a beautiful day. Stepped on the wire. What a beautiful day. We've had these services and the weather has been 
absolutely tremendous. We appreciate your faithfulness, your coming, your being hooked up. We want to especially thank Tim, the has sound helped guy. us, the sound guy that has made this possible Amen. for us. We really appreciate it. it? Yes, thank you. Get it? I knew that was <laughs> thank you. A um, couple announcements. This is probably, as far as we know, our last outdoor drive-in service. Next week, we will be able to have service in the building. Amen. That We will still have some restrictions. Um, there's still some things that won't be perfect, but, but we'll get through it. We'll make it. We want to just follow the restrictions because we want to get through this Amen. as quickly yep. as possible. So let me give you just kind of a rundown. We are no longer limited on how many people we can have as long as we have the correct distance between us. So your, your family can come. You can come as a family. Your family just needs to stay together and stay away, you know, the six feet distance between other families, and we'll have that figured out. We can utilize the whole building. Now, the two drawbacks are we can't have children's church yet, but your children can come to the service if you want them to, which for children's church age isn't really a problem, and that's up to your judgment what you want to do there. For nursery, it's a little more difficult. Because we can't have them running around all over. If you can keep them corralled, we will probably just open up a room if one of them gets fussy where you can take the child into that if that's what you want to do. We'll leave that up to your judgment. If we have any other guidelines we need to follow, we will let you know ahead of time. But we appreciate that. Just make sure you go to the bathroom before you get here. We don't want a big congregation in each of the restrooms. They are available if you do need them so we will just keep you posted hopefully you know in the next few weeks that'll change and we'll keep going week by week but as far as we know next week we will be in there so come and prepared and be ready for that the one thing we need to do is just it's different and we're divided out so we just need to be sensitive to one another and and uh, what and flexible yes we need to be flexible and attentive to what everybody else needs not just ourselves so we appreciate that i just want to take a few minutes just to encourage you and some of you have heard this story before but it's worth repeating i had an aunt you've all heard me talk about aunt edna aunt edna was married to my dad's one of my dad's brothers aunt edna was a type a personality she was on a mission all the time she was the self-appointed matriarch of our family. She kept everybody in line and in tow. And she was the most determined person I've ever known in my life. In the, 19, in the late 1970s, when she was in her late 60s or 70s, she had um, breast and lung cancer, stage 4. The doctors basically gave her up for dead. She determined to live. 5% medicine, 95% strong-willed, determined, I am going to live. And she made it another 20 years until she was 90 years old. She lived on that first little farmhouse on the east side of Monroe. And one time in the early 90s, Mike and I were in Monroe visiting my folks, and we were ready to come home that evening. And my folks got a phone call. She had one of those life alert things and the first person, first phone call it made was to my parents. And so they got the call that she had fallen. She was okay, but she'd fallen. And so we said, well, we'd stop out on her way out of town and help her get situated or whatever. So Mike and I went out, and she hadn't really just fallen, fallen. When she'd gotten up out of a recliner, she just kind of lost her balance and slid down, but she could not get up. She was in her upper 80s by this time. And so he got her by one arm, I got her by one arm, we lifted her straight up, and her legs went down, and she said, man, i got to remember this for the next time I fall and tell them how we did this. That was so slick. And so she always had that sense of determination, sense of humor, but we sat her in the recliner and stayed for a little bit to make sure she was okay. And the first time in all my life, and I'd grown up around this woman she was discouraged and she was down 
and we visited with her a while, made sure she was all right, saw it. She said she didn't need to go to the doctor. We offered to have my folks come out. She said, no, she was fine. She says, but I will tell you, I'm down. I'm discouraged. This woman that could take on the world had now come to a place where her health was starting to fail and she couldn't go like she was used to and she was discouraged. But after we were assured she was all right, we said, well, we were going to go and she says, that's fine. Because when you go, after you go, I will have a little talk with myself. And you know, that stuck with me. This week, I don't know about your family or about you, but our family, each one of us had a day of discouragement this week. Not that our lives have been that bad or have changed that much. Some people's have, but our haven't. But it's just, it's just getting to the point where you're getting tired of it. Fatigue is starting to set in. And I want to encourage you, sometimes you need to go and get alone with God and just have a little talk with yourself. It is scriptural to encourage yourself in the Lord. I want to read a passage of scripture from Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 35. This has always been one of my favorite scriptures. It says, Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. A better rendition of that is, Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, because it has great recompense of reward. Recompense means amends or compensation paid to someone to make up for the loss suffered. So it's saying if you stay in faith, if I stay in faith and stay hooked up with God, there's going to be a recompense of reward. We will be blessed. The only way you can lose is if you quit and if you give in. It goes on to say, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward for you have need of endurance so after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. We will receive the promise if we don't faint. For yet a little while, that's a good, for just a little while, and he who is coming will come and not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. You can't look around at all the things you see in the natural, but we have to live by faith and trust in God. He is at work. Let me clue you. He is still at work. He's still on the throne. It says, Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But here we go. But we are not those who draw Amen. back to partition. We are not those who draw back to destruction. But those who believe to the saving of the soul, it says we will go on. And I believe that for this people, this city, this region, we won't draw back, but we will go on. And there is a reward for those that stay in faith with God. So I just want to encourage you, if you have to this week, have a little talk with yourself. Amen. We all have need of endurance, but we got to hang in there. We can't draw back because there is a reward as we continue forward. Amen. Father, this morning we thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you, Father God, that we are a people that will not yield to the spirit of discouragement. But Lord, we are people of courage, hope, faith, and strength. And so, Father, I thank you that all of our hearts are softened today to receive the living Word of God. And I thank you because we hear the Word and do the Word, we'll be blessed in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. This morning, um, you know, I, I'm on a series, and we'll be on this series for a while, and it's entitled, Prepare to Proceed and Possess. Prepare to proceed or to move forward and to possess. We said that we're going to talk about seven things, and basically we just started on the first one, and that's that we need to recognize and embrace that we're in a new season, church. God is doing a new thing. Not just in our lives individually or in this church corporately, but He's doing a new thing across this planet. 
And we need to recognize that and we can flow with that. And if we do, we'll be blessed. Now, we said that um, Joshua and the nation of Israel is our example of, of God doing a new thing. And, and I want to give you, basically we'll review. And I had two things I want, wanted to give you today, but I'm just going to give you one because I believe it's important. But we said all the requirements that, that we gave is found in the book of Joshua as the nation of Israel prepares to cross over the Jordan River, River to possess their inheritance. We said the book of Joshua teaches us that our spiritual inheritance, our blessings, abundant provision is dependent upon our obedience to God. We said the Jordan River represents a barrier that God is calling you to cross over. It represents the transition between where you are now and where he wants you to be. We said the church today is in the process of transformation, experiencing a new move of God. This will require a crossing over mentality and some adjustments in our thinking and our attitudes in order to rise to a new level of influence and productivity. We said the church must ask God in the days ahead for wisdom to know what to do. If there was ever a time in the church or in, in, in the earth today, God's people need to operate in God's wisdom. We said in Isaiah 43 in verse 18, this is the scripture, God speaking. For I am going to do a brand new thing. See, I've already begun. Don't you see it? Then we told you in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 10, the manifold wisdom of God shall be made known by the church. We gave you the example when you go into a paint store and you need to pick out a, a certain color, you go to the rack and there are probably hundreds of different colors of paint that you can pick. You know, we can't afford to put God in a box. If he wants to do a new thing, he can do whatever he wants. And it's not necessarily going to be the way we think it should be. But it says the manifold wisdom. God has many shades and hues and tints of his wisdom. We said that Joshua was a new leader with a new assignment and a new anointing. Joshua was a new leader after Moses. He had a new assignment, get those people across the Jordan River. And then he had a new anointing because Moses had laid his hands upon him and transferred that spirit of wisdom to this new leader. We told you last week that new assignments require separation. New assignments. If God's going to do new things in your life individually, in your family, in the church, there's going to be a separation. A separation from what? Maybe you need to separate yourself from sin. Maybe you and I need to separate ourselves from doubt-filled thinking. We said that separation, of course, the first act of possession... And, and that's what we need to realize is you and I are going to have to be flexible in the days ahead. We're going to have to do things different. This is a new thing, preaching off of this ark. I never thought I'd do that, but it's worked out. We also talked about new wine, remember, will destroy old wine skins. I'm not going to be an old wine skin. I want to stay flexible. This wineskin is going to stay oiled up so we can receive the new outpouring of the Spirit of God. So you today need to ask yourselves, what do I need to do to separate, separate myself from in order to come up to a new spiritual level? So you're going to have to learn to separate yourself from some things. I'm going to have to learn to separate myself from some things. Now, we're going to move on. I'm going to give you one thing today. And uh, some of you, if you don't like it, you can't get out of here anyway. You're all hemmed in here. But this is, this is what I want you to understand. We're going to talk in today and the next Sunday about new season realities, some different things. Here is the central truth. 
If you leave with anything today, then you need to leave with this. Listen to this one central truth. Disobedience and complaints made against the directives of God will get you nowhere. Let me say it again. Disobedience and complaints made against God's directives will get you nowhere. Why do you think that one generation could not cross the Jordan River? They couldn't get anywhere with God because they gave an evil report. Now, I'm going to read some Scripture. Just bear with me because this is important. That's why I shorten the message because I want you to listen to the Scripture. This is where spies were sent into Canaan to spy out the land, remember? And these spies came back to give a report. And I want to start with in Numbers 13. If you want to, you can turn in your Bibles to, to Numbers chapter 13 and verse 30. So they've all gone out. These spies went out. They came back, and here is their report. And then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Now that's a good attitude. Remember what we talked about. The first thing that's so important in when God's doing a new thing is that we have the right attitude. Then he says, but the men who had gone up with him said, here's the opposite, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And I could never figure out how they knew they were stronger. Just because they were big, do you suppose they had an athletic contest, a weightlifting contest to find out if the enemy was stronger than Israel? I don't think so. We're not able to go up because they're stronger than we are. And they gave the children of Israel a bad or evil report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. They were descendants of the giants. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. So they saw themselves, these people, this generation saw themselves as weak and inferior to their enemy. Is that the right kind of attitude? Most certainly not. Going on, chapter 14, verse 1. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel, now here's what I want you to see complained. Everyone say complained. Everyone complained against Moses and Aaron and the whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt or if only we had died in this wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword? Now listen, that our wives and children should become victims. They had a victim mentality. They saw their children and their families as victims. Some people in this coronavirus thing see themselves as victims. And the body of Christ should not see themselves as victims. We should not yield to a spirit of fear. Because that kind of attitude is not going to get you across the Jordan River. They said, would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephthah, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we passed through to spy out is exceedingly good land. 
If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread, and their protection is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Aren't you glad for Joshua's and Caleb's? And we need in this hour, in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the spirit of Joshua and the spirit of Caleb that does not want to quit, that will not yield to fear, and then begin to murmur and complain. Now, let me go on. I'm going to shorten it up here. Look at verse 20. It says, Then the Lord said, I've pardoned according to your word, but truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. You know, that's the word of God. And God said, this earth is going to be full of glory. And you know what? I believe the word of God. I believe we're going to see a manifestation of the glory of God that the, the earth has never seen before. And, and the body of Christ and the church has gone through different dispensations in different times. And they've seen miracle signs and wonders. Well, in the end here, as we come towards the end of all this, we're going to see signs and wonders and miracles that we have never experienced or could even fathom to experience. He says this. He goes on, he says, because of all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to the test now these ten times have not heeded my voice, they certainly shall not see the land which I swore to their fathers, now shall any of those who rejected me see it. But my servant Caleb, but my servant Caleb, he has a different spirit. Now, not that doesn't mean capital S, Spirit of God. He has a different attitude. He has a different mindset. And he has followed me. In other words, he's been obedient to all of God's command. He's followed me fully. I will bring into the land where he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. Now the Amalekites and the Canaanites dwell in the valley. Tomorrow turn and move out into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. Now, goes on. This is, this is judgment now. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who complain against me? I have heard the complaints which the children of, of Israel make against me. Say to them, as I live, says the Lord, just as you've spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. The carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in this wilderness. Now, everyone that's ever complained, honk your horn. Okay, that's good. That wasn't enough. That wasn't enough, but I want to hear, I don't want, that's enough for me. Everyone here... I'll guarantee you probably has complained this last week about something, including the preacher. And I want you to know, you might not be directing your complaints to Almighty God, but God, the Scripture says, hears your complaints and my complaints. So he goes on and says, because of that, the carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in the wilderness. Aren't you glad we don't drop over dead when we complain? We're under a new, we're under grace. All of you who are numbered according to your entire number from 20 years old and above, except for Caleb the son of Jephthah and Joshua the son of Nun, you shall by no means enter the land which I swore I would make to dwell you to dwell in. But your little ones, see another generation... Your little ones, whom you said would be victims, I will bring in, and they shall know the land which you've despised. But as for you, your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness, and your sons shall be shepherds in the wilderness. Listen, 40 years and bear the brunt of your infidelity until your carcasses are consumed in the wilderness. They marched around a mountain 40 years, 
because of an evil report, they couldn't cross the Jordan, go in and take their inheritance, the new land. So the God had to march around a mountain for 40 years till that generation died. According to the number of the days in which you spied out the land, 40 days for each day you shall bear your guilt, one year, namely 40 years, and you shall know my rejection. I, the Lord, have spoken this. I will surely do to all this evil congregation who has gathered together against me. See, really, they were coming, they came against Moses, they came against Joshua, they came against Caleb. Those were the designated leaders for the nation of Israel. But in all reality, yeah, they were coming against God's leaders, but they were coming against God Himself. And so what happens? They end up dying, that generation. Now the men whom Moses sent to spy out the land who returned and made all the congregation complain against him by bringing a bad report of the land, those very men who brought the evil report about the land died by the plague before the Lord. But Joshua the son of Nun, but Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephna remained alive of the man who went to spy out the land. Now, I gave you that story because I want you to see there's, there's so much there that we can relate to. With this coronavirus, what's, what's happened is we have a herd mentality. A herd mentality. We listen to the news. We listen to all the statistics. And I'll guarantee you, if you don't know by now, you can't believe all that you hear on the news. Amen? But there are some people that will believe hook, line, and sinker everything that's being said, that evil report. But I believe there's a remnant. Amen. I believe there are people in this body of Christ, in this body of believers here, there's a remnant even in this city that, aren't, that haven't you know, developed a herd mentality. I had somebody... Well, in fact, they used to go to church here. They don't anymore, haven't for years. I was outdoors, they were outdoors, and he came by and he had a, was commenting about the coronavirus. And I said this, I said, all this is right now is preparing for the Antichrist. Setting the stage for the Antichrist to come on the scene. Listen, if we believe everything now about the coronavirus and how many people are dying, and don't get me wrong, I understand, especially with the elderly and with immune systems that are susceptible to the virus. I get that. But there are healthy young people behaving like the nation of Israel. It's one thing to be cautious, but it's another thing to be full of fear. We can't be, afford to be afraid in these days, folks. If we live our life in fear, we will not do anything for God. Thank you for that one weak horn. Listen, we told you a new attitude is required. Caleb and Joshua had a different attitude. They believed the word of God, acted on it, and crossed over. Did you believe what Kathy said this morning? Are you believing that things are going to work out, folks? The stock market will go up. The virus they will have, they will develop, you know, the, the medicine that we need. But until then... Watch your heart and see what happened. And this is, this is bottom line, folks, today. What's happening because people are frustrated right now. They get discouraged. Their routine has been changed. They start to complain. Complain is defined as this. To claim or express pain, displeasure, to find fault, to declare annoyance. To murmur a sullen dissatisfaction with things. We start to complain. You know, you've heard me complain. They don't make Casey's donuts. They quit. I don't understand. It's stupid. What is that? 
complaining. Well, the other donut shop opened up, so I'm, I'm happy. I was there this morning. God is good. God is good, that's right. But what we need to understand is we're going to have to guard our heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Watch in the days ahead and make sure that you don't spend so much time complaining. Declare and decree a thing and it shall be established for you, the Bible says, and light will shine upon your pathway. Declare and decree that God is working. God is moving right now in this nation. God is moving in this state. God is moving in this city. Tyson Meats is nothing to God. He can take care of it. There's no problem too big for God. But we as a people, we need to start believing God, talking like God, acting like the Father, and not promoting a spirit of fear. God hears you complain and me complain. We have already established that. And the Bible says it displeases Him. It displeases Him. You know, with these wind turbines, a lot of people like those, and I, I get the farmers need that, but, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a supporter of that kind of thing. I just think it ruins the landscape, the environment. My wife does not like it, and I have to go out of my way to take a different route so we don't go buy one of those things. Because if we do, Brian, she starts to complain. And it's justified. I get that. But we've got, all of us got to be careful. There's something in all of our lives right now that we can yield to the spirit of complaining. God hears your complaints, my complaints, and it displeases Him. It has a negative effect, a negative effect on you and others. It spreads. The psalmist said in Psalms, he says, I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. Listen, if you complain and that's all you do, it overwhelms your spirit, man, and it brings discouragement. What's the, what's the opposite of discouraged? Encouraged, or to be full of courage. Israel, the Bible says, complain. Where did Israel complain? Out in the open? No, it says they complained in their tents. Most complaining starts at home because you think nobody's hearing you. But I want you to understand our Creator hears every complaint. Boy, it's sure quiet in this Presbyterian church. Notice I said Presbyterian and not Lutheran. We got Lutherans over here on the, on the fringe, on the edge. What did David do? In, in Psalm 142, it says, I pour out my complaint before him and I declare before him my trouble. Listen, there's days. We all ha I had a day this week. Just leave me alone. We all have days like that. But what do you do? I come to the office... And before I eat my donut, I had to repent. And I had to have a talk with myself. And I had to encourage myself, just like David did when they came and burned Ziklag. David had to encourage himself in the Lord. Listen, Harvest Church, you need to learn how to encourage yourself. The preacher's not going to be there to do it. Listen, there are days my wife does not give me any encouragement. I can't depend on that. I have to learn how to suck it up and encourage myself. I thought I was going to come to church today and pastor was going to wipe away my tears. We're not in that season. We're not in that season. We're in a crossing over season. That means we, we put on our big boy pants, folks. And we get ready to do all that God has called us to do. Philippians 2.14 says, Do all things without complaining. Everyone say that. 
do all things without complaining. That's the Bible. I'm going to close with this. This author has a church in England. Many years ago, he wrote this book. He said most of the churches in England were about 20 to 30 people. And they realized, of course, American churches, you have mega churches and that fill stadiums. But in England, they had just pockets of churches with 20 to 30 people. And this preacher knew God wanted to do more than that. He says, as a church, we found out that you can't cross over with everybody. Meaning cross over what? Cross over that Jordan. And in many ways, there's never a right time to cross over. There will be many who just will not face the challenge and refuse to go on the journey. Pastor, we can't cross the Jordan yet till the coronavirus is over. Few churches have the courage to cross over because few leaders can face the trauma of the change it represents. Of those who have faced the challenge Few are willing to talk about it for fear they'll lose it. For many, it seems they're touching something so fragile they just keep on thanking God they made it over the Jordan and they keep praying that for some obscure reason God doesn't decide to send them back. This means that as, as a leader, many of the people you are rubbing shoulders with, now I'm, I'm talking to you folks here today, many of the people you are rubbing shoulders with, other leaders, other people, family, friends, neighbors, will not be talking to you from a crossing over perspective. All they'll be talking about is the coronavirus and how it's going to spread, how it's going to reoccur this fall, and so many people are going to die. It also means that as an individual, the majority of your friends and acquaintances will never have embraced the challenge of change. Most people you meet will not be speaking from a Canaan perspective. But an on-the-way-to-Canaan perspective, which will be of limited help to you on your journey, they will not be saying, look, I made it. Let me tell you about the land. More likely, they'll be saying, I think you should do it this way. You ought to do that. You should try going that way. If I were you, I would do it this way. Therefore, now listen. It is important that we listen carefully and hear God's voice. Let me tell you, folks, in this hour in which we live, we need to listen carefully to God's voice, not CNN, MSNBC, ABC, even Fox News. We need to learn how to listen to the right news reporter, God himself. God calls us as a people to advance forward where He is already waiting for us. Just as He spoke to John in the book of Revelation saying, Come up here, just like Jesus said to Peter, Look, I'm on the water, come and join me. We should also be listening for God's voice beckoning us forward. Are you listening, church? He's saying we're going to move Forward, He is saying we're going to have revival. Never move forward in response to voices in the church, especially those who are pushing and shoving you. Just listen for God's call to proceed. It is not until we come to the point of crossing over that breakthrough comes. I'm going to say that again. It is not until we come to the point of crossing over that breakthrough comes. Lives change, commitment is tested, and you move beyond the point of no return. Some reading this will not be past the point of no return yet. The point of no return is the place where it is harder to go back than it is to finish the journey. When all your options have gone and you've burnt all your bridges... There's no way out and there's no plan B. Although you may feel trapped and in a corner, this is actually a positive place to be. God has got you where he wants you. Whatever has gone on before no longer matters. You've arrived at the place where you have no choice but to proceed. We have no choice, church, but to move forward in the days ahead. 
I'm not going to move backward. And you know what I'm thankful for? I pastor a people of Joshua's and Caleb's. Well, I don't feel like Joshua right now. I don't feel like Caleb. Then hang around Joshua's and Caleb's and the spirits that is on them will come upon you. Your attitude will change. You'll you become forward focused and not past possessed. Amen. We're moving forward. Amen. God spoke to me many, many, and I'm not one of these people that says, I heard God say this, I heard God that, because I can count on one hand the experiences that I've had with God that have been supernatural. But the scripture that God spoke to my heart, many, the Spirit of God, many, many, many years ago when I first got started, He said this, Though your beginning was small, your latter end will increase abundantly. That's scripture. Though your beginning was small, your latter end will increase abundantly. So I'm believing God and I'm declaring it. Spiritual increase. Numerical increase. Financial increase. Amen. Everybody stand up right now in your car. You know, you can, you can be sitting, but you can stand up spiritually. Your spirit man on the inside needs to be alert and at attention. And I'm going to pray over you. Because I'm going to get my faith. You know why I didn't preach any more than this? Because I knew you'd complain. It was too long. And I don't want you to complain. Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to be a generation that crosses over their spiritual Jordan to possess our inheritance in Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you. These are a people that will not yield to a spirit of discouragement. In fact, I bind it up in Jesus' name and I loose a spirit of courage and strength and hope and faith and peace and love in Jesus' name. And I thank you that you are the God of breakthrough. I declare spiritual breakthrough. Physical breakthrough, financial breakthrough for all the families of Harvest Church in Jesus' name. So, Lord God, we declare that you are good and your mercy endures forever. We continue to bind up that coronavirus and the fear of coronavirus. And we loose a spirit of faith like Joshua and Caleb in the days ahead. We loose a spirit of healing and supernatural recovery for those that have it in Jesus' name. For you are good and your mercy endures forever. Everyone say that. You are good and your mercy endures forevermore. And all God's people said in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. No complaining. Amen. Everyone stick your hand out with your thumb up. I like that. No complaining. Not down. Up. Be so kind to leave your tithes and offerings this morning as you go. And uh, watch Facebook for announcements. Be ready to be indoors next Sunday morning. God bless you. Have a good week. What? Oh, wait, we're going to dismiss you orderly. That's why Mike is waving. I thought he really liked my message, and he was just waving. No, he didn't like it. He's shaking his head. No. Okay, whatever. Do it in an orderly fashion. Don't run over my son. God bless you. Wednesday night is prayer.